2: You're listening to Deconstructive Criticism. My name is Aaron Flam. Omar Makram visits Deconstructive Criticism to talk about his recent termination from an association that battles honor culture. We will talk about how the fight against honor culture is hindered by cancel culture. But first I want to thank you for supporting Deconstructive Criticism. You make this production possible. If you don't support Deconstructive Criticism but want to, you can at patreon.com slash Aaron Flam in one word with capital letters via PayPal, Bitcoin or on Swish 07689-43737. O seven six eight nine four three seven three seven. I will be going on a book tour this fall and you can find tickets on my webpage aronflam dot slash merchandise. The book in question is This is a Swedish Tiger, a book that landed me in court, and it is also available from Aaronflam dot slash merchandise. Omar Makram is special. The first time I interviewed him, he had just burned a Quran, filmed it and posted it to YouTube in an attempt to prove to Swedish immigration authorities that he was indeed an atheist and feared for his life if sent back to Egypt, where he came from. Since then, he has gotten political asylum and has, up until very recently, worked with the association Never Forget Pela and Fedime, GAPF for short, against honor culture primarily within the large and largely Muslim immigrant community here in Sweden. Part of Omar's work has consisted of leading workshops for high school students, making them discuss values that emanate from practical examples of honor culture. Meaningful work that ended when Omar started a podcast with some friends. The accusation or accusations against Omar are obscurely vague in a Kafkaesque way, all too familiar here in Sweden. When Omar first came, having severed his ties to his upper-middle-class Muslim upbringing in Egypt in search of freedom here in Sweden, I told him he might have picked the wrong country to apply for asylum in. Since then, I've bided my time for a tremendously smug I told you so. But jokes aside, to do what Omar has done, challenge and change his worldview, takes strength, a strength of conviction that is easy to sympathize with. I have come to know him as a principled individual. What has happened only harms the fight against real injustice. Omar Makram's previous visits to deconstructive criticism can be found in the description of this episode at AaronFlam.com, and a link to that you can find in the description of this episode regardless of what platform you're listening on. Here to talk about how cancel culture hinders the fight against honor culture, Omar Makram. Enjoy. Welcome back to deconstructive Criticism, Omar Makram. Thank you, Arne. Great to Third be here. Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Do you remember what I told you when you were here first time about Sweden and what you might learn on, 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 uh, uh, after having experienced it for a while longer? No, but you can remind me. Maybe that it isn't as tolerant, liberal, open-minded as you thought it'd be.
1: Mm, <laughs> true. I stand corrected.
2: Yes, Mm. you do. Because uh, we're here today to discuss a topic uh, uh, that is a bit sensitive to you, I suppose. Yeah. You're still a bit raw. Yes, yes, that one can say. That one can say. Mm. So, uh, will you care to explain without too much frills what has happened?
1: Uh, All right, let's give it a shot. Uh, So, in December last year, me and some of my friends... Uh, Mustafa Panshiri, Ashkan Fardust, Hanif Azizi started a pod with Shang uh Sister multi then. So the idea was, with the pod was basically that we would record our dinner conversations uh, and just release it to the public and see what happens. Can you have that unfiltered, unrestrained degree of freedom in Sweden or not? And not long after, uh, more precisely in February... So two months after we started, um, I started, um, receiving some notes of concern from, from my workplace about the pond.
2: And what's notes of concern are, is it a chopped off head of a horse in your bed (laughs) in the morning or? Well, it it went like that. Uh, it, it
1: was a gradual process, uh, so first, uh, first of all, uh, I was working at Gap Glomadri Pelag Fadima, an organization that um, a fantastic organization that works actually against honor culture and oppression here in Sweden. And I was
2: a part of this work in um, four
1: years, basically.
2: Because uh, I've I've read a few interviews with you about your work at Pelag I mean, Fadima. You've written quite extensively in the Swedish media since you came here yes. about your work, and yes. it seems to have been quite important work.
1: Uh, yes, and, and, and it's like, sorely needed. Yes, and it's, it's a question, a question that I really care about as well. And I have both like personal experience and, and how to say also intellectual knowledge about what, what causes honor, violence, and oppression and so on. So I, I really wanted to contribute in the work against honor, violence, and oppression in Sweden to the extent that I could. Um, and I, and really, in Sweden,
2: this has been a sort of a dual fight for you guys who are against. Honor culture. Personally, yes. I, I don't take sides. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, uh, yes. but, but it, it has uh, been
1: a taboo. Yeah, uh, to talk about honor culture, yes.
2: because you're a racist if you
1: do. Racist and Islamophobe and so on. And especially Gaf and above all, Sara Muhammad, the founder of Gaf, has done a great work in, in bringing or like highlighting the honor culture question and breaking the taboo ab- around it in Sweden. And
2: Apart from writing article, what was your daily day-to-day short chores at this? Uh, what so, is it? Foundation, I suppose. Um, uh, it's a foundation, right? Förening. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so so one can say, uh, the official title title is Sakuni uh, and which era. means expert, basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was in charge of. Uh, of producing a lot of the let's say intellectual material that has to do uh with the questions that we are driving and what questions are those uh, so basically all the aspects and structures that that uh, have to do with underculture culture uh and what should be done about them things like um what well, child marriage um hijab uh, religious schools uh laws to to prevent like the the children and so on to be taken away uh, by their parents to their uh, country of origin to when they start being too Swedish or the girls having boyfriends and things like that. Uh, in addition to that, also I was in charge of a lot of our events, including our events in Almadalen. The the we have also yearly events called Fadima Dagana. Um, I was also responsible for for uh, parts of it. Uh, spons- responsible for um, the content also in our events and seminars and so on.
2: And you you go around to high schools and do workshops. Uh,
1: that too. Uh, I also wrote like a a book uh, forbidden, Shalik, forbidden love, a manga book um, that it is about honor honor violence and oppression. And I used to go to schools to hold workshops on it and talk to the students and so on about these questions. Uh, and uh, more and more, I was becoming, oh, one can say, in addition to Sara Muhammad, the face of Gap, um, like. Oh, a speaker of the organization, if you want to say, and, and so on. And, and like you said, also like writing debate articles and participating in, in debates and seminars and, and, and all that.
2: And then you started this podcast with your friends. Yes, yes. And some of these friends are fairly well-known in Sweden. Uh, yeah, I, I, would I mean, say Jean most of it is, is basically it. the enfant terrible of <laughs> Swedish high society.
1: That one can say, yes. Um well more or less everybody well, everybody in the pod is are public figures, uh so to speak. Oh.
2: So So what happened? Right. Notices started coming. Not horses' heads per se. <laughs> but but uh, Well uh, actually that's also another thing. I never really
1: received the warning, uh, which I've been told this is something that is common practice that your employer will give you a warning when there is something that they don't like. But that
2: I did not get. Um, Have you thought ab- about it? I mean, uh, in retrospect, maybe you got a very passive-aggressive warning that you uh, failed to notice? Uh, I can say what happened, and it's
1: up to you and the listeners to to draw their conclusions. Please. The first mention I, I got of the pod uh, was a person from, from the board, uh, GATS board at the time, when we were having a, a meeting together, work meeting, at the end of the meeting, it, it came something like, "By the by, what's that? What's the thing with that pod thing you started?" And I just explained, this, like me and my friends started a pod in our free time, and and so on." And it's like uh, we were just like discussing issues that could be somewhat sensitive and so on, but it's important for me. Um, for my freedom, and I think it's important culturally as well. Um, and we we talk, we we blend both seriousness and humor, and so on. And I think it's also fun. And that person uh, expressed their how to say uh, well dislike the, dislike yeah dislike of the person dislike of the pod, and that maybe it was like street language or or is problematic language or. I can't remember the exact formulation, but something about the language uh, and the jargon and the pod and so on that that person didn't really like. Uh, And that person said that the question about the pod will be lifted to the board and they will discuss it. I have not been told to abstain in any way at that point. Um, I was like, okay, fair enough. So I continued both with my work and the pod under that time. And uh, a little while after, I received another call from the same person. And that person told me that uh, they want me to immediately pause with the pod.
2: That's when you disappeared from the pod for a while. Exactly.
1: No, Immediately uh, pause with the pod until uh, the board has made a decision about
2: it. Um, that was horrible. I mean, you left an Omar-shaped hole in Swedish society. We felt it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and I did, and then the person
1: asked me also, like, uh, have you already recorded any episodes that have not been released yet? And I said, yeah, we recorded one. And the person said, okay, but uh, um, I guess it doesn't go to stop it. And I said, no, it's not possible to stop it. And then I paused With the pod, I, I followed that instruction. And it so happened that that conversation that we had that we recorded before in the pod, it was like a bit long. So we divided into two. So I I then informed that person again, by the way, it's, it's the same conversation, but will be two episodes. I did not continue with, with recording. That person was okay. Thank you for, for telling me. Then I paused with the pod and I then received. Uh, new information from the same person that the board has des- has decided to give me an ultimatum: either the work at Gap or the pod. Um, and this is where
2: things for me also got. And it should be said, I think, for for listeners who might not be familiar with your podcast, that uh, you have Hani Fasizi. He's a working police officer of right. uh, some renown, and uh, uh, none of it's bad. And Mustafa Panchir used to be a police officer. He works with integration between immigrants and Swedes. And then you have uh, uh, Mr. Ashkan Fardost, who's a PhD in organic chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shang who's shang Who's shang <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so at that point, I also,
1: I found myself in a very difficult situation psychologically as well. Because to me, th- there is really nothing more important than freedom. My freedom, I value above everything else. It's also why I had to leave my country. For me, it felt absurd that I would flee Egypt because of my freedom to express myself and think freely. and come to Sweden chasing this dream of ultimate freedom, <laughs> and then I'm not able to, to be free. So it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I found myself in a dilemma that uh, it was a stressful period
2: and because I also really loved my work. at. Gats- because you had fled a form of honor culture. Yes, and then you come to a form of cancel culture. Yes. I'm not equating the two; they're no. different, but yes. they are, there are similar mechanisms underneath that uh, sort of reinforces both of them. Yes, um, the idea
1: of freedom and the freedom to be oneself and freedom to associate with wh- whoever you want and to ah oh, be yourself—it's—it's it's absent in both. So, I I found it difficult actually to make a decision then because of
2: that. And Especially. It's a bros versus host sort of situation. Well, <laughs> that's one way to put it. I'm sorry. If it gets too serious, I have to.
0: That's
1: one way to put it. But, um, but, and I also, I started to, because I actually never really thought that things would escalate to, escalate to this degree, because GATT has also been very, you know, free sprocket and, and, um,
2: and they've done good work. And yes. they've gotten a lot of shit for doing what they do. I yes. mean, they were founded because uh, of two honor killings in Sweden mm. uh, when no one wanted to talk about honor killings. And then they've been working diligently mm. to make it an issue. And uh, they've succeeded in they doing have succeeded. that. Yes. yes, absolutely.
1: And also, I, I, because I didn't expect it to escalate that much, I expected it also to be maybe like I would get comments about maybe that I should modify something in the pod, how I express myself and so on. And also especially that most of the comments that I, that I got from, from the board about the pod are things actually that not me who has said, but Shang Frick who, uh, who has said these things that they find problematic. And some of the things I said also, to be fair.
2: Okay, so let's, let's go through them. Uh, Shang says uh, inappropriate things all the time. That's pretty much what he does. <laughs> uh, so no one should be surprised. But there's a problem there because the the board of, of PLM, uh, never forget PLM Fadiman, they they have a problem with you just being in the same room with him. Um, well, this this is also where
1: where it gets like a bit complicated because there's nuance there. It's not that they necessarily have a problem that I that Chang. Is in the pod. Let's say if Shang, for example, does not behave as Shang in the pod, they would not have a problem. Like, have you listened to, to him, for example, when he's on Quartal and, and, um, 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 Quartal. no, I haven't. He, he, he has a different character there as well. So he's like more clean in language, more, um, tries to, to be more establishment-like, so to speak. (laughs)
2: <laughs> all right I, I then i have to listen i yeah. would like to i mean just the thought of uh, him attempting to be you know like a civilized person is, <laughs> yes. is fun <laughs> yes so had he had that
1: m- mask on during the pod i don't think it would have been a problem necessarily
2: nor would it have been as much fun and That's also true. And also, it wouldn't have been this manifestation for freedom that that's you and your true. friends hoped the podcast would be.
1: Mm-hmm. So exactly. Um, and, um, and then during that period, when I, I, I've i been told also that I can take whatever time I need to decide, as long as I'm pausing with the pod, it's all good. No problem. So this is like the message that I received. And I was like, okay. Um, and also there was an attempt to. Make me stay. Like, I've been told you're doing great work. Don't throw it away. This pod is not the way to go. You can do, like, more change here in Gap and so on. And
2: so sort of a nice job you have here. Yes. Would be other. a pity if something happened. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Although at this time,
1: there was definitely no no talk at all of letting me go. It was like the ball, in, ball is in your court, kind of. Choose the pod or choose Gapf either way. Uh, but we would be happy if you choose Gapf. This was the gist of it. And then started the process of, I'm not so sure exactly what happened. This is like where things get a little bit like murky for me because this started to kind of like push me to make a
2: decision so but just for a moment let's yes. rewind because you said there were things shang had said but there were also things you had said in the podcast that yes. they had uh taken offense with yes or uh, had problems with yes yes and what are these things that you, uh, at that,
1: that point in time i ha- actually have not been told yet it, it came at the second stage um the stage we're at now where no, it's no, working at the, uh, okay uh, at the stage afterwards. So there starts to be an attempt to try to push me to make a decision, but also something that I started to perceive making me want to leave. And what is that? For example, I I received then another call and I've been told by that same person that the board has no longer uh, like trust in me for Rwanda and that I can no longer be Gaps front figure or, or face. I, um, I, I will stop with all the lectures because I was also giving lectures and so on. I will not have contact with politicians. I will, I will not go to schools anymore. Um, I will, uh, even the articles that I would write, I would not have my name on them, things of the sort.
2: So they were trying to phase you out, but yeah, keep your yes, competence.
1: Yeah. Of. Something behind the curtains, hide me in yeah. a way. And, and I was like, well, okay, it's, it's sad, but fine. I comply kind mm-hmm. of. And then, then started this process of also trying to restrict my online presence. And so I've been told, I can't remember the exact wording, but like for, ex- uh, there was a tweet about Islam that I, that I wrote after this Muritsa Djomsov said that uh, Islam are an avhivad religion or ideology. And like I, I saw this like knee-jerk reaction from everybody trying to to defend Islam. And I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you people?" <laughs> and then I, I had this sarcastic tweet that I wrote: "Stå upp för Islam, konvertera idag."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just like you know. <laughs> and um, and then that person from from the board talked to me about this tweet. And they said that is inappropriate. And um, how would anyone
2: perceive that tweet as inappropriate? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Because know. either you're against Islam and agree with Joms and in that case, it's just a funny tweet, or you're a devout Muslim and want people to convert to Islam. In which case, it's a great tweet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: this, oh, this true. But um, uh, th- there started to be like. I, what I perceive as me coming in under additional scrutiny um, in this whole process, because during my, the whole time I've been in Sweden, I've been incessantly criticizing Islam online mm-hmm. and criticizing, making fun of it, whatever. And this has never been a problem, really.
2: And this should be said that you, uh, you yourself, you grew up as a devout Muslim in exactly. Cairo, Egypt. Yes, and, and then I left
1: Islam. And this is why I have asylum here in Sweden as well, political yeah. asylum. So it was a part of my whole, (laughs) my whole thing.
2: You're Um, waking up with Sam Harris. Yes.
1: Yes. yes, yes. (laughs) Something like that.
2: Um, oh, so, and, and
1: then I've been told that I shouldn't like write things online that could be problematic or something like that. I can't remember the exact wording, but like problematic from Gap's point of view. And then when I, when I asked like, but what, what could that be? I've been told, well, it seems that you obviously don't know. So. Let us know first before you post something that you might, that might be controversial and mm-hmm. you need to get approval first. And I've then also been at some other point have been told not to retweet anything that has to do with the pod system or for example, or like how to say spread it online or and so okay. on.
2: So, in effect, you had chosen them, you had chosen uh, your job. No, no, uh, that was
1: still my period of trying to make a decision and i was complying with the instructions that i get from work until i made make that decision oh and then i don't know if like members of the board started triggering one another or or what i don't know because i uh, i was not in the pod anymore and then the eventually that person came to me and said okay the board has decided that Basically, you need to uh, w- either we'll fire you or you leave. <laughs> Basically, I was no longer giving, given the option to stay.
2: Even though you were not doing the podcast? No,
1: anymore. no, no. And even though I complied with all the instructions that I got. Okay. So this is a bit weird. It is a bit strange, yes. It is, a, I guess, but not how things function here in Sweden. But it is strange, <laughs> at least logically strange for me. But I mean, like, oh, maybe they decided that. or, okay, the, if I try to also, but this is here speculation, it's also possible that they started to realize that I'm a bit of a loose cannon, that I really have this passion to be free debater in Sweden, talking about, like, sensitive issues and things like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: Well, I would say maybe you're a liability to them, yeah. but, but you're not a loose cannon. I mean, you're fairly rational. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh you have a few core principles that you are not afraid to state, and you act and speak and write accordingly. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like you go off the deep end and start talking about fist-fucking nuns with Treino. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you understand. I understand what you mean. Yeah, I
1: understand. Yeah. I understand. But I guess maybe from their point of view, because they, it seems that even my participation in, in the pod for them was something that, Kind of like unimaginable or irresponsible of me to do while working in Gap. From their point of view, while it's not from mine, and this is why there was this kind of like disconnect between how we see the 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 ability to express oneself publicly while working in the organization, and they they wanted me and it's what seemed to me they wanted me and the organization to become one that I would basically. Everything that I express online is not my personal view, but it's Gaf. So Gaf cannot criticize Islam. Gaf can only criticize Islam in connection to honor culture, for example. And uh, <coughs> but Sarah Mohammed has criticized Islam, hasn't she? I know, but Sarah also she she's she was not really at least at least very active in this process, as much as I know. Um She was. Um, because
2: GAPFA have done tremendous work in yes. Sweden, and they continue to do so. Yes. But there is a, another aspect of this, and that is that the Swedish, well, foundation, Foundation, I don't really know how to translate it, but it's like a foundation. They also apply for grants, and those grants come from where?
1: Um, from the state, and this is a dilemma. Um, and this is also something that I only thought about recently, whether... Any entity or an organization can be totally free and independent if if they are also depending on the, dependent on the state.
2: Because it's not such a strange idea for a foundation that has a clear purpose for its spokesperson to be perfectly aligned with that purpose. Um, I guess so. Although perhaps when it
1: when it comes to just GAP, I had different expectations and. They are founded expectations based on my behavior throughout those four years that I worked there. I had absolute freedom to express myself in every aspect that also does not have to do with honor culture. And my views on Islam, they were very well known to everybody, uh, for example. And it has never been a problem. This is why it, 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 it's not that I started to do something totally new. Um just to test and see if it works. I have been free to express myself fully while working at Gapf before. Um, and that's something that I loved about Gapf
2: and uh, loved about Sara Muhammad also. So, so it becomes a problem when you start with this podcast for some reason um, that we can call Chang <laughs> <laughs> One way also to, if I try, because I'm,
1: if I try to like portray things from that perspective as well. Uh, there was a process of me also growing within the organization and becoming more and more connected to it that also can be something that has caused discomfort if I'm perceived by some as controversial, let's say. But uh, yes, yeah, so, so I received then this, ulti- uh, not this ultimatum. I received this basically that I need to, uh, they decided that I need to go.
2: It's an interesting idea because uh, the entire raison d'être of... Uh... The organization is controversial.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> in a way, but uh, maybe they don't want to add like fuel to the fire or something. Yeah, perhaps. Oh. Then I had another like yeah meeting with where also like Unionan, Fakat were were involved in uh, with two members from the board to go through all the reasons why I can no longer be in GAP.
2: And you're a member of the
1: union. Yes. All right. Yes. And basically most of the meeting were reciting quotes from the pod um to demonstrate um that it's unacceptable for me to be in the pod and working in gap that basically because of what is being said in the pod it goes against GAF's value ground. Um they uh they have from their they have perceived the pod to be um uh, sexist and humiliating to women mostly because of things shang freak say say in the pod but also some of the things that i said how um, so uh, the way here's the thing i think this is some kind of it stems from some sort of puritanism i would say both sexual puritanism and linguistic puritanism first if we take this thing about sexual puritanism i would say it has to do with also what i term gender relativism that there are even sweden when when sweden says that they are aspiring for a gender equal society that's not really true uh, as i've come to discover they are aspiring for a gender relativist society they they think that there are some things that women should be allowed to say and do that men should not be allowed to say and do, especially when it comes to sex. So a group of women who gather talking about their sex or the sexual experience and so on can be seen as empowering and good. A group of men who do exactly the same thing can be seen as problematic and sexist. And that is something that I totally reject. I'm aspiring for a gender equal society. where everybody
2: Is it really relativism or is it just reversed sexism? Or just this sexism? Is,
1: yeah, one can sexism say so. Sexism,
2: I, I mean, from women against men. Yes, male. yes. that's that, uh, that as it's also called.
1: Yes, that, that can be said also. Um, one, one of the things, for example, that, been, that has been cited as problematic that I said is that when I talked about my first sexual experience and that the girl that I was with, she put the condom on my dick with her mouth. And so,
2: well, goats don't have fingers. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so, so in that sense, uh, I'm not so sure what's being said. Like it's like, is oral sex sexist or is it sec- sexist when a condom is involved or what? Um, I don't know. And another thing that I said, um, was also that, uh, uh, that I talked about an experience being catfished on Tinder with a girl who turned out to be obese and that I basically um, did not want to have sex with her and this was perceived as also making comments on women's appearance although I find it hard to think that if it was a girl who talked about being catfished on tinder and the guy turned out to be obese that anybody would think this is something problematic that a girl talks about um, so this was another thing. I'm
2: pretty sure it's called body activism.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um, so, and basically the use of the word pussy, it was also perceived as problematic that I, this is where also this language puritanism com- comes into play because it seems to me of something that really rubs me the wrong way in Sweden quite often how you say something is way more important than what you're saying and
2: we're very spoiled as a nation so <laughs> we we generally focus on tone rather than substance
1: this really rubs me the wrong way because i just like care about substance yes <laughs> uh, and to me how you express yourself is not really relevant as long as as it's it's uh, it's linguistically coherent to convey your message so for example I don't see, when I described, like, in, instead of saying having high access to, like, sexual mates, I say high access to pussy. <sighs> One can think that this is like vulgar language or whatever, but everybody understands what I mean, especially in the context. But I understand that the, from their perspective, they can perceive this something as uh, something sexist, to say. Although I disagree myself because this is not discriminatory in any way. Um, oh, and uh, things about like uh, Shang using the word batik batik hexa. I don't know even how this would be translated in English.
2: What is batik in English? <laughs> I don't even know that.
1: Yeah, but well, your listeners would, would understand the term. So that's pretty much it. Um, then we. And
2: now you're fired.
1: Oh we came into an agreement, and I left. I was
2: forced to leave. But there is some, uh, some, s- some point to the fact that they have to apply for grants from other foundations. I mean, uh, I think uh, the Queen to be, her and her husband's uh, foundation gives you money, and there are a few other foundations I found, and and yeah. But, uh, it is, yeah. So I kind of,
1: uh, yeah, I kind of understand. It's, it's, you know, it's a dilemma, you know, because it's, it becomes a vicious cycle. Um, one part of me is disappointed and thinking like I would have really hoped if, uh, Gap has continued focusing on, on individual freedom and disregarded other consideration when it comes to finance and so on. Um, because also, if you think about it, had finance been the focus of Gap since the very beginning, they would not have been able to say the things that they have been saying. And they have have not been able to talk to break the taboo around all their culture.
2: Um, and you liked your job there.
1: I loved it. Uh, And I've been told that I do a really good job as well. Uh, But at the same time, I also understand that they kind of like need to survive. Well, both politically and financially, like um, within a culture that is not, this is very restrictive when it comes to how one expresses oneself and who you talk with.
2: Um, It's the reason why we need uh, an organization like GAPF because, uh, uh, you know, real problems are ignored here routinely. Yeah. Uh, But so I understand maybe that they felt that there can be
1: a risk In them not being able to continue performing their work if they are associated with me. Some people say this is a founded risk. Some others say that it's don't, uh, it's not because it's also very difficult to, um, being cut off from, from, you know, state money and so on for an organization that works against honor culture. So yeah, here's, Mm. here we are.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So from working against repression to being repressed. Yeah, although although I, I never really
1: I'm always uncomfortable taking uh, um on a victim role. It just doesn't suit me. No, um, it doesn't. No. Uh, so I just I just speak my mind and I do my thing and
2: And what will you do now then?
1: For the time being I'm uh, I'm writing for Bulletin and also just uh, focusing on the pod as well System multi then. And uh, things are going well uh, on both of these fronts Yeah, for me. And perhaps I'll also start focusing on writing a book, maybe. That would be uh, welcome. About Um, what? uh, Partly about my process of maybe leaving Islam and leaving my country and the history behind it. And then also my analysis of Swedish society compared to the Middle East. And how can there be? Because they are, they are extremely opposite culturally. But I also can see some things that that are some similarities. Um, for example, when it comes to this idea of puritanism, especially when it comes to sex,
2: it's uh, interesting because you know most people's prejudice about Sweden is that we're the most sexually liberal country in the world.
1: Uh, well. This is this is where things get also complicated because my analysis is is like this. Sweden has has been making attempts to de-sexualize sex and sexuality to make it more of an, a transaction that does not really have to do with lust or money or oh, that too. <laughs> but but it's like there is this kind of like almost some kind of stigmatization to being drawn to uh, the carnal aspect of sexuality. That, for example, um, it is looked down upon to openly talk about, to, to openly sexualize the female body, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that, that reminds, can remind me a little bit of Islamic conservatives. Uh, who also say that you know the sin of the flesh and you should like kind of like avert the, so that for example the the concept of um, in arabic it's called and this means to guard your um virtue or no guard your your um
2: ready to pop the question.
1: gaze, guard your gaze. Okay. Uh, it, it reminds me very much of this concept of the male gaze. You know, it's, it's actually the same thing. Yes. That you're not supposed to look at the female body with lust. And that is something that I've perceived here in Sweden. And it seems to me that there has been, you know, in, in the feminist sex wars, there was this conflict between sex positive feminists and sex negative feminists. And, um, in some countries in Europe, sex positive feminist one, and in some others, sex negative feminist one. And I would say in Sweden, sex negative feminist one. Uh, so if you contrast that maybe with like countries like Germany or, or Netherlands and so on, there is a different view of sexuality still. There are some sex negative people there too, but it's not really as in, prevalent. In uh, it's not prevalent and it's not definitely, uh, state based in the same way. Um, so this is this is kind of like my analysis. Also
2: about have you seen that you know that brochure that uh, the immigration agency here gives out to new immigrants about sex, where they have uh, colored people of every possible uh, gender and sexuality and disability just going to town on each other. <laughs> <laughs> was the was this? Uh... This was a few years back. They probably still produce it, though.
1: Was it was it Migration Agency or was it Arafasel who, who? Yeah, it might have been. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah I maybe I was mistaken. Maybe.
1: RFSL or RFSU, one of them. Migration had like this brochure about also. Was it was it Socialstyrelsen or Migrationsverket? They they had uh, this about like to to you who is married to a child.
2: Yes, it's a blessed union uh, we that belong to the majority population can only dream of, but. Uh, <laughs> If you happen to be married to a child from your country of origin, then, you know, who are we to say that that would be wrong? Because in Sweden, that would be racist. Just like sexualizing the female form would be sexist.
1: Yeah, well, I think among among some people, at least. But I think when it comes to child marriage, the majority of people, at least, think it's still problematic. And it's, But it's interesting that you can find... This is where like the horseshoe theory also becomes a bit interesting that you can find people both on the extreme left and people on some people on the right as well who would try to deproblematize this because there are some kind of like cultural relativists on the right as well yeah who who don't necessarily are aspiring for a multicultural society but are aspiring for more of a pluralistic society that is very amoral, I would say, uh, that does not really take a take a moral position on what people of other cultures do, as long as it functions in practice. Something that I myself criticize because I think that is not possible. I don't think that it's possible to establish a place for cultures. And value systems that are the extreme opposite of that of the majority society without it causing friction. This is an extremely naive thing to think. Yes. Um, Because this is, this will lead to a perpetuation of a parallel society and cultural isolation and friction and tribalism. So this is why I'm very wary about making place or acceptance of Middle Eastern traditionalism or islamic conservatism in sweden uh, I, th- I think it's just these value systems are not compatible with the value systems that exist in sweden even out of pragmatism it does not work does not fit um, and especially and is bound to cause friction and and hostility in the long run
2: it already has yeah but it is
1: it might intensify as well and this would cause more more and more ethnic friction. Um something that I think a lot about and I'm trying to think of ways that can reduce that. This is why I'm also have become very, very much uh for an extremely restrictive migration policy, uh, until we have been able to absorb people who have come here to Sweden. It's it's super naive. And I I, I wa myself was for open borders when I came here to Sweden, I was still very left. I got involved with the anti-racist and leftist crowd and so on. But this kind of utopianism, I, when I started to analyze um, the material reality in Sweden, it's just, it does not work. And you will not be able to, to help anybody. Because the thing is, if you want to do good You have to have not just the intention to do good, you have to have the intention to do good and the will and and the the rationality to bring that into reality. If if you, for example, say that just I want to help people, let's have open borders, you don't understand that you will make everything collapse, including the people that you say that you want to help will be affected by it. Um,
2: And that was part of your work, for GAPF as well, because we've taken in a lot of people to Sweden exactly and they have different values, and some of uh, the places they've ended up here are uh, sort of monocultural they only they end up with people from the same countries or similar countries, but not many swedes and then
1: exactly and this is this is this is really them I've been to some schools for example to to talk about the honor culture issue and I've been to many schools with high degrees of of segregation and high percentage of people born abroad. I've been to schools that basically are are totally people of like, for example, coming from Syria, the whole class and like even some of the teachers and those kids, they also live in segregated areas. So they have been, how to say uh, geographically in Sweden, but they haven't been demographically in Sweden. They have been living still in Syria, inside of Sweden.
2: And it's just, how can you really, change your points of view or your value system if you yeah uh, marinate in the old value system exactly. that you're supposed to have fled from
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also it, it makes it also difficult for those within these communities who want to break free from these values to break free um f- for example even if like if i go to a school for example that where most of the students come from an honor culture background if a uh, one boy in the class would say, well, I'm okay with my sister having a boyfriend. He will be attacked by others in the class and looked down upon. Um,
2: because his sister is a prostitute.
1: Yes. Um, and that uh, we, have, we have terms in Arabic for, for men who let their family members have sexual relations. Really? Uh, What's uh, that word?
2: Dayous. Dayous. Mm. And what does it mean? is um, it even possible to translate
1: no it's not really it's uh, it is a specific term to to uh, a derogatory term to describe men who allow their family members to have sexual relationships without marriage uh, or to be sexually available for men that includes even uh, not conforming to to like dress codes and so on to have um, to have revealing clothes or whatever um and, and also another word is arts. Arts and this means that somebody who um, facilitates one way or the other for their female uh, family members to have sexual relations with others, with other men. So yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very difficult for a man also to to be free in this in this culture, and and at the same time.
2: Because you yourself have experience of this,
1: yes, I come from the same background, and I was I had the same values as well. And
2: you have a little sister. Yes, I have two two sisters. Two sisters yes. that you helped to prevent them from enjoying yes premarital sex.
1: <laughs> well, that was not, not even on the table. But uh, I was definitely more of a yeah. Um, it's expected of, especially like the eldest son in the family, to to control. And the female members of the family. Uh, so I was definitely controlling my sisters and and sometimes also my female cousins and and so on. Yeah, because I none of
2: the other sons or brothers or
1: I uh, have only one brother. Uh, but it's uh, here's the thing: this this kind of like it's primarily the father who has this duty, and then it's like more and more it's the eldest son who has being there is a process maybe of indoctrination and ishi- initiation for him to eventually take that role as well.
2: But mm. now you've fled your responsibility and your and kid brother has to.
1: Yeah. To some extent, I guess. Um, but, but also, uh, at least my, my older sister, she's still also like pretty religious. So in that sense, it's not really a problem.
2: Mm. Hmm. So she lives by the, by the Sharia.
1: By by the by the codes of of how to behave within honor culture and so on.
2: I see. All right then. That is uh, speaking about this subject always becomes sort of a downer. I think
1: (sighs) downer and downer. I don't know. It's uh, I think that's a thing. I think it's just one has to have. This something that my father has taught me that I really appreciate and have taken to heart. He has told me face your problems in life with tenacity and fierceness. And I really took that principle. I just, you just have to go forward and you just have to, you know, be, try to, to bring your principles and, and your vision in conformity with your actions. And as long as you're living with integrity and, and your actions reflect your values, I think at least you can satisfy yourself with that you are living an honest life. And and this may be what I, what I try to do.
2: Honest culture. (laughs)
1: Honest culture. Let's bring back honest culture. Yes.
2: (laughs) So, um, thank you for revisiting deconstructive criticism. And I hope I will see you again, Omar. I'm pretty sure I will. And, uh, I hope that, uh, writing will uh, provide as much meaning as teaching kids to have premarital sex <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I, I will thank you Arun. and i will i will continue again also with my work against honor culture and i will find other ways to to go back into schools and and talk to the coming generations
2: i'm pretty sure you will mm-hmm. thank you Omar. thank you Arun. thank you for listening to deconstructive criticism Your guest was Omar Makram. He can be found on Twitter, writing for Bulletin, and in his podcast, Sista Måltiden, in Swedish. In English, it would be Last Supper. And you can find links to all his personals on my webpage in the description of this episode at aaronflam.com. And a big, big thank you for supporting Deconstructive Criticism. You make this production possible. If you don't support me, you can at patreon.com slash Aaron Flam in one word with capital letters via PayPal, Bitcoin or on Swish 768 94 3737 I will be going on a book tour this fall and you can find tickets on my webpage aaronflam.com slash merchandise. The book in question, which we will be discussing on the tour, is This is a Swedish Tiger, a book that landed me in court and we will be discussing my court case as well. All is available at aaronflam.com slash merchandise. And... Both of these subjects, the book and the trial, will be the subject matter of my part of the talk on the tour. I've been me. Until we speak again, have a pleasant unit of time.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.